Welcome to the Family Feast podcast from Liberty Church Swansea. For more information on church life, please check out Liberty Church Swansea on Facebook, Instagram, or on our website. We love you, and we pray that this message really blesses you. Thank you. Last week, I began to share about the challenge that God gave me a few Sundays ago, uh, when he showed me a a real-life event that happened to me, where he wanted me to share with somebody like he still loved them. And the whole concept of this, what have we done to go after the one? And you know, I know many people have been thinking about this and been challenged by this message last week and I believe you're going to be challenged this week as well. Because the truth is that we sometimes become so self-absorbed with our own lives, with our own challenges, with our own situations that we actually really forget about people. We forget. It's only when we look at photographs and say, ah, remember that? Remember that occasion? Remember that service? And we see pictures of people. I wonder what they're doing now. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us by the end of this message and show us people that he wants us to reconnect with, that he wants us to go after and to pursue and to let them know He still loves them. Are we friends of sinners? I'm telling you right now, these people are coming. We've had visions and prophecies about what's going to happen at the, in in Liberty Church. There's lots of people from all different backgrounds. They're coming exactly the way we are. Are we ready? Are we ready to meet them and to pray for them and to be whatever God needs to see them raised up to be the people God wants them to be? And in Luke chapter 15, Jesus goes on and talks about three different stories. The lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. And in every one of these stories, something that's precious has been lost. Somebody's gone out and looked for that precious thing. They spent time and effort and prayer and patience to find what is lost. And then the the lost thing is found. The lost coin, the lost son, the lost sheep is found. And then there's great rejoicing at the end of every single story. And I want us to look at this morning, just for a little while, at the story of the lost sheep. What an incredible story. Just a few verses. And yet it shows the heart of God. And it challenges us to have the same heart as that shepherd. There's a few things I want us to look at from that story very quickly. Number one, the lost sheep was one of a hundred. This lost sheep was one of the one of its own. It belonged to the shepherd. It wasn't a random sheep. The, 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 you know, the shepherd wasn't looking around. Oh, look, there's a sheep over there. There's a lamb over there. I'm going to go for it. Maybe I'll take it into my fold. No, it wasn't a random sheep. It used to be in the fold. It had a number, had a name. It used to be part of the, of, 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 the, of the herd of sheep. Herd of sheep? Flock of sheep. Flock of sheep. And, and in those days, the shepherds would speak to their sheep. Uh, that's why the, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. The, the sheep were very uh, acutely aware of the voice of the shepherd. And the, each, each, each sheep was precious to the, to the shepherd. And so this shepherd was looking 97, 98, 99. And he counted him again, 97, 98, 99. And maybe he said, where is, whatever the name of the sheep is, where's my lamb? Where is it? Where's she gone? And he looked, couldn't find it. 
And, and, and this sheep wasn't a random sheep. This sheep used to belong to that, that, that fold. It had wandered from the fold. And this, this sheep was, was lost. You know, and, and this shepherd thought, what am I going to do? I've got a sheep here. It's one of my sheep. I need to find this sheep. You know, in chapter 14, it's, it's different. The, the guy who's doing the banquet says, go and just choose anybody. Bring them in. They matter what they look like, if they're, if they're blind or lame or whatever. Just bring them in that my house may be full. This is different in chapter 15. This is a specific sheep that's lost that used to belong to the fold. When you lose something that you love, you know, um, some, how many of us have lost kids on the beach or lost kids in a supermarket? We become desperate. There's a, there's a lady I've been watching Facebook this week from Port Talbot and she's lost her, her dog's been stolen by somebody and you can just see she's getting more and more desperate. Two thousand pound the award, reward now because she loves her dog. It's worth more than money, worth more than the reward and she's desperate. You know, this sheep was one of the hundred. And there are thousands and thousands of people today who are nowhere in God, but they used to, to be part of the fold. They used to be part of the hundred. Second thing, this sheep was precious. You know, if you're a shepherd and you've got hundred sheep and 99 are okay, they're safe, they're good. Maybe you just think, well, 99 out of 100 ain't bad. You lose one now and again. And no. This, obviously this sheep was, was valuable to the shepherd. He was worried about the sheep. He, he, he wanted to do something about it. It was in a dangerous position. He knew that this sheep or this lamb could lose its life. He knew it was valuable. You know, in the Philippines, you know, I heard so many sermons, so many messages, but one of my spiritual sons, James Aquino, he was a student at the Bible school at that time. And he stood up one morning and he talked about the value of a soul. And as he spoke about the value of a soul, something in my spirit just broke at the end of his message. He got down on his knees and he says, God, give us the, 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 the value of a soul and how one soul is important. I'll never forget that message. Do we really understand how valuable a soul is? Do we understand how much God loves everybody? Do we, do we understand that God's still got a plan and a purpose for those friends that we've for, forgotten? Do we really care about them? Are we prepared to, to go after them? Do we realize that they're living a life without Christ? They're living a life without any hope. Do we realize what heaven's like and what's hell's like? Do we really care? If we really understood how precious a soul was, we would do anything and everything to reach those people who once walked with God. But now they're far away. In the story, the third thing is that the shepherd left the 99 to go after the one. It's crazy. Who would leave 99? It says here that he left 99 in open country. He he didn't even get them to a safe place. He left them in the open country where wild animals could come, where many more could maybe stray away. He left them because he was so desperate to find the one. It doesn't make sense. Dave McClay, I don't know if he quoted himself or somebody else. He says this, the story of the lost sheep doesn't make sense unless you're the lamb. Isn't that true? Who would leave 99 to go after one? Now remember, 
Jesus was telling this story to confront the Pharisees. The Pharisees were like the 99. They knew that when he's telling this story, he's talking about them. They hunted in packs. They were all together gossiping and trying to, to, to catch him and, and trap him. And, and this is what Jesus said at the end of this parable. I tell you, in the same way, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. God is more happy. Heaven is more delighted when one of, one person repents than 99 religious people who don't repent, who don't have that walk with God, who don't understand his heart. I'm challenging us, even as a church, are we going to be like the 99? We love fellowship. We love being together. We love coffee. We love to worship. We love to sing. We love to meet together. We just love it. It's so good. That's church. How many of us are saying, Lord, even if it leaves, even if it means leaving the comfort for a while, I'm going to go after the one. I'm going to take time to go after that brother, that sister that needs you. God's looking for shepherds. He's looking for weepers. He's looking for carers. He's looking for collaborators. He's looking for people that he can use. He's looking for people that will go to the highways, the byways, the streets and look for, for, for these people, these people who once walked with God. He's looking for us to go into the streets, into the pubs, into the brothels, into the schools, into our workplaces, into our homes, wherever people are that used to walk with God. He's, this is our mission field. This is where the lost sheep are. Uh, before this pandemic started last year, end of last, beginning of last year, end of the year before, um, Kai Dunnan got this picture from the Lord. And it's a picture, I'll show it to you right now. Look at that. That is a picture of, of the glory and the power of God breaking through the windows, breaking through the doors and going into the streets. Andrew talks at a similar prophetic word a, a few weeks ago. And I believe this is for us. God is bringing us out the building to reach the people that need the Lord. Not only the people that are brand new first time believers, but people who once walked with Jesus. It's time to go. Maybe the dangerous places, the difficult places. To leave the comfort and say, God, what do you want me to do? Last thing is this, that. When they found the lamb, it says he took the lamb and he put it on his shoulders and he could just see him so delighted, so happy. I found you, I found you, I found you, I found you. And he went home and he, even before he got home, he shouted, yes, everybody, I found it, I found it, I found it, my lamb, I found it. And it says that he threw a big party and everybody celebrated. This lamb was lost, but now it's back in the fold with the other sheep. What joy. You know, in, the, in this pandemic, I've had great joy because I've led a, a number of people to the Lord. There's nothing better than leading people to Jesus. I've also led a lot of people that used to walk with God and they've come back and said, can you pray for me? And now they're walking with God again. There's no greater joy than to lead people to the Lord and to lead people to a place of coming back to the Father's house. And we need to realize that God is, is passionate about everybody. God started relationships with people many months or years ago, and he is committed. He said he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll never leave them or forsake them. He's still there waiting, waiting to come back into his fold, 
into his family. I'm going to end with a story, quite incredible story. When I first came to uh, Swansea, we were in the Bible college. Uh, we waited six months to get the keys, and that was a difficult six months. And um, Michael Williams, a good friend of mine from Elam, he said, come and preach for us. And so so one Sunday, I, I preached there, and I talked about the fire of God. And at the end, this lady came and spoke to me about her history with the Bible College of Wales. And, and when we started the church, this particular lady, Jan, she said, I really feel God's calling me to, to come and to start this church with you guys. And because there's some, some history that she, she knew about in the family. And so when we started the church in June uh, 2013, Jan was there and her daughter, Fee and Pete, they were all there. It was just great. And, you know, um, I remember... One Sunday, Jan said to me, Mark, sent me a, a messenger message. You're not going to believe this. Her husband is Bowden, a lovely man who also gave his life to the Lord, you know, later on from this. And he said, Bowden's dad, Arthur, just told us at lunch today that he knows all about the Bible College of Wales. In fact, he used to go to the Bible College of Wales. Now, this guy, Arthur... You know, John said in all those years of marriage, he never mentioned God. He never mentioned the Lord. He never mentioned the Bible college. He never mentioned anything. And now, because I'm preaching it in this church and I'm talking about it, he says, I, I, I used to go to the Bible college of Wales. And then he began to tell them the story of when he was a teenager. You know, he, he, he started going to the Bible college of Wales and Skete and, and, and Reese Howells was there and his wife was there. And he became one of these young people that Reese Howells began to pour his life into. He began to teach uh, this, this, this young crowd of, of young men. And he began to tell them that God was going to use them. And, and he, he began to tell them that the Lord's coming back at the Mount of Olives and they're all going to be there and he began to tell him all these things and, and this man was on fire for God he was one of those people that were praying along with Reese Howells intercessor but then the war came and I think uh, just after the war when they came back I, I think that Arthur um, I don't know I think his friend was killed in a motorbike accident at the same time in Mumbles and I, I, don't, I don't know what happened but he was disappointed uh, a lot of the things that Reese Howells would say was going to happen never happened uh, and then this tragedy happened in his life and he, he decided that's it no more Bible College of Wales no more God I can do it. I'm disappointed. I'll do it my way. And so listen to this for, I think, maybe 60 years. He didn't talk about God, didn't talk about the Lord, didn't talk about the Bible college. So much so that John had never heard him even mention the name of the Lord. And now he's talking about the Bible college. He's asking questions about, about me and about Cornerstone. He's asking questions. And, and I said, she said, would you like to speak to Mark? And he said, yeah, I'd love to speak to Mark. And, and so we were arranging to meet with him. And then I found out he's in hospital. They don't know what the problem is, but it seems quite serious. And so John said, would you still like to speak to Mark? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. So I drove up to hospital, Morriston. I walked into this ward and uh, John was there. She introduced me to Arthur and um, she walked away. She said, I'll just leave you guys to talk. And so, okay. And the first thing he said was this, I don't want to talk about God. I don't want to talk about the Bible college, but I don't want to talk about God. And you know, I, I, I just saw right past him and I said, you know, Arthur, I'm here because you do want to talk about God. And he just smiled. And then for the next like 30, 40 minutes, we just talked about the Bible college, about his stories about Reese Howells about how we came there and what we're going to do. And I said to him, you know, when we get, when you come out of the hospital, I could take you down and show you around what, what's happening there. Oh, I'd love that. He said, I love that. 
And then, and then I said, before I go, I want to pray for you. And uh, I talked to him about the two men on the way to Emmaus. I said, Arthur, you're like these two men on the way to Emmaus. We had hoped. We had hoped. I said, you had lots of hopes and dreams and because of different circumstances. Here you are today and 60 years have gone by and you haven't even lived for the Lord. But I'm here to tell you, I took his hand, huge hands he had. God still loves you. Jesus still loves you. And he wants you back. And he began to cry. And I told him a story about the man and the way to Emmaus. And when I said that part, they never recognized Jesus. But when he broke bread and Arthur said, their eyes were opened. I said, Arthur, today your eyes are opened again. He said, yeah. I said, would you like me to pray for you? He said, yeah. Took his hand and I said, you know, Arthur, at the other side of this bed is Jesus. Reached out and take his hand and he reached out and he just like, just went like that. And I prayed for him. And through this prayer, he kept on saying, Amen, 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 Amen. And then it was time to go. And I said, Arthur, I'll come back and see you when you make a recovery or when you're home, we'll come down to the Bible. He said, yeah, I'd love that. I'd love that. Went home. Next day, found out from Jan that Arthur had, had died in hospital. But I knew in my heart, right at the very end, God sends a Scottish guy that he doesn't, doesn't even know him to tell him, God still loves you. Still cares for you. Give your life back to him again. And your eyes will be opened. And you know, I believe that Arthur is with the Lord. I believe that Alan, I believe at the end of Alan's life, he remember a conversation and cried out to the Lord. I've got no evidence of that, but I believe it. And I'll never forget that moment when John told me that Arthur had gone to be with Jesus. I felt, yeah, yes. He's made his peace with God. God was so passionately in love with this man for 60 years. This man never gave him the time of day. At the last moment of his life, when he turned to Jesus, Jesus was there. What have you done to go after the one? And I, I pray that today you're challenged like, like I'm challenged. There are people in our lives that used to walk with God. No matter what's happened or even how much they've hurt you. Well, you say, I'm going to be like that shepherd to go after the one. To go after the one. I'm going to pray in a minute. First of all, I want to pray for anybody watching this and you are that lost sheep. You once walked with God. You once worshipped Jesus. You were once in church, but now you're far away. Are you where you should be? I'm going to pray for you that you'll come back to the fold. There's no more important place to be right now than in the presence of Jesus, walking with him. There's so many things happening in the world right now. I don't know what to do without Jesus. You need the Lord back in your life. And I want to also challenge Christians. Write down the names of men and women that you knew that walk with God. Write down their names and say, God, how can I reconnect with them? Maybe it's a text or an email or a WhatsApp or, a, or, or maybe it's a phone call. Why don't you phone them up or text them and say, God still loves you. He's still got a plan for your life. You want to meet for a coffee after this is all over? You want to phone me or don't we call, give you a call? Who knows what these people are going through? We just think, oh, they don't want anything to do with God. Most of the time, they do want to, 
to do, they want God in their, in their lives. They just don't, ha- don't know how to take that first step. We can be the first step. So Father, right now, for those who are far from you, bring them back into your fold. Lord, I pray for every single person right now who, 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 who once walked with you, but now they're far away. Lord, I pray as they watch this message, they will realize you're only a prayer away. You're only a prayer away. And for those of us, Lord, who are maybe challenged by this message, help us to reach out to those who have walked away from you and say, come back, come home. God loves you. I love you. I'm here for you. So speak to us today, I pray. Lord Jesus, and we can be people who say, I've gone after them. I've reached out to them. I've reconnected with them. Wouldn't it be great at the end of this pandemic if the church was full of people that used to walk with God, that gave up for I don't know how long, but now they're back in that place of surrender and walking with Him. God bless you. God bless you and take this to heart. This week, reconnect, write to people, phone people, And let's bring these sheep back in to the fold.